The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Bruce Hooley Show. Tomorrow in this time, we will have J.D. Vance, Republican candidate for Senate. J.D. has uh, scored the plum endorsement of former President Donald Trump. And uh, J.D. Vance and Donald Trump will be in Delaware on Saturday night at a Trump rally. And I'm sure that uh, that will be uh, a well-attended and uh, highly uh, watched event as the former president's attendance anywhere always is. So I'm looking forward to uh, talking with J.D. Vance tomorrow. He's already released a series of statewide ads uh, calling attention to the fact that Donald Trump has uh, forgiven him for all the things that he said in 2016. Uh, I've said before, I thought J.D. Vance handled that as well as it could be handled in the candidate forum October the 26th at Genoa that was uh, co-sponsored by Center for Christian Virtue and The Answer. He said, I screwed up. I made a mistake. I was wrong. What else can you say? When you make a mistake. Well, I mean, you could get Jen Psaki to come out and offer some nonsensical explanation. That would be an outright lie. But J.D. Vance opted for the truth, which is always the best way to go. Uh, I am heartened by the fact that Shawnee State University today is uh, searching the couch cushions on its campus looking for spare change to pay a former professor uh, $400,000 in damages and attorney fees for a lawsuit that the former professor named Nicholas Merriweather filed against the university in 2018. Why did Nicholas Merriweather sue his longtime employer of 25 years? Because he was repeatedly harassed by Shawnee State for refusing to acknowledge the preferred pronouns of a biologically male student who insisted that he was a woman. Now, this is interesting because I have a friend who's in this almost exact same dilemma, except for the contentious issue with the place where he teaches, in that a number of students are making known their desire to be called by pronouns that conflict with their actual biology. And my friend is making an attempt every single time to avoid pronouns so as not to put himself in jeopardy. But occasionally, you know, you just have a go-to perception in your mind that you look at someone who is male and they turn in a paper and you refer to it as his paper. Or would you uh, hand this paper to him? Oh, my. Egregious Egregious damage has just been inflicted if you call someone by the wrong pronoun, which conflicts with their biological reality. So that is what Shawnee State Professor Nicholas Merriweather did. He called a transgender student, sir, during a lecture. The dispatch is just such nonsense. I'm going to read you verbatim the sentence. In 2018, Shawnee State philosophy professor Nicholas Merriweather called a transgender student, sir, during a lecture when she raised her hand. So they're, of course, you know, proving their woke bona fides at the dispatch, and they call this male she and refer to his hand as her hand, which sparked an investigation by school officials. 
who found that Meriwether had created a hostile environment, also known as a truthful environment. He was given a written warning that he could be fired or suspended without pay for violating the university's non-discrimination policy. So if you call a kid by the wrong name, you get confused. Like, you're a parent, right? You got multiple kids. You ever call a kid by the wrong name? You know what their name is. You're not trying to make any insinuation that they are the other child. You just happen to get the name wrong. Boy, I could have sued my father a lot. (laughs) Oh, my. So they went back and forth on this. Uh, The professor was, in my view, extremely accommodating. He tried a bunch of different ways to uh, be non-confrontational and accommodating. Um, Of course, the reason why Mr. Merriweather had a problem with this was because of his Christian faith. He says that's a big reason why he chose not to call the student by his preferred pronouns. The professor also said he had philosophical, scientific, and biological reasons. I simply could not comply with that. Well, good for you. And so this went to court, and uh, he won. He won. And the uh, court said that his free speech rights had been damaged. (laughs) Oh, the National Center for Lesbian Rights is highly disappointed in the settlement. We believe his lawsuit should have been dismissed and would have failed had the case continued. Well, no. Shawnee State bailed because they knew they were getting in deep and they knew they were losing, as they should have. Equality Ohio said it is concerned about the chilling effect this could have on students' speech. We must dispense with this nonsense. There is no room to say, ah, what's the harm? The harm is eliminating normal from our discourse. Normal is important. Normal gives us a baseline from which to relate. Normal, I'm not making any statement about whether normal is better than abnormal, although for me personally, I would argue that it is, but it is just useful to have a normal, okay? But I don't know if this is when we started giving trophies to everybody, no matter what place they finished in, no matter if they won a game or not. I don't know if it's when we stopped keeping score. I don't know whether it's when we stopped giving grades or when we dare not ever give anyone an F, and we started calling Fs E's because E's seemed less objectionable, less uh, damaging to the psyche than an F. I don't know when it was, but at some point in time we have suspended normal. It is normal to... Apply yourself, achieve, and excel. That is normal. That is the course (laughs) that allows a society to function in an orderly fashion. It is normal to have a right answer, and it is normal to have a wrong answer. Not on everything, but on most things. But we are trying to divorce normal from our society. Normal has become whatever the individual says is okay for them, perfect for them. You must accommodate their abnormalities. You must accommodate their deviancies. Yes, I'll say, oh, it's highly con deviancies. All deviancy means is a 
divergence from the accepted norm. If it deviates from the norm, it is deviant. Okay? You have a problem with the language? Well, that's your issue, not mine. In California, and if it's in California, it's going to soon either be here or be attempted here. The State Board of Education is recommending the following book be used in math instruction throughout the state. The name of the book is A Pathway to Equitable Math Instruction, subtitle, Dismantling Racism in Mathematics Instruction. You see, uh, mathematics, or you would think would be the home of right and wrong, is instead the home of... uh, Racist or anti-racist. Let me read to you from the first page of the book. While primarily for math educators, this text advocates for a collective approach to dismantling white supremacy. This school-wide approach ensures that anti-racist work is not left alone to one individual, i.e. the math teacher or the director of equity, but to enlist the support and voice of all stakeholders in the school ecosystem. Mmm, I hope you enjoyed your word salad served to you by me. Now let me page on down here to page 11, where I found something very, very interesting. And on page 11, it says... Each month, you will complete a series of exercises as outlined in the calendar. You will complete a five-step cycle as follows. Engage with the way that white supremacy culture shows up in the math classroom. Reflect on your current classroom practices to identify the ways in which they perpetuate white supremacy culture. Plan to dismantle white supremacy culture by creating a goal that incorporates specific anti-racist practices. Are we doing any math here? Are we doing any addition, subtraction, long division, multiplication? <laughs> Act with accountability by carrying out the plan and reflect on the ways in which your practices align with anti-racist math education. Hmm. I'm sure that that has uh, noble purposes in a discussion of culture. Uh, I'm also quite sure it has nothing to do with math. Nothing to do with math. Now, there was one very curious, um, <laughs> one very curious notation in this book. It says that teachers are to, and I quote, recognize mistakes as miscommunicated knowledge. Recognize mistakes as miscommunicated knowledge. So, mistakes, first of all, I'm shocked they used that word because obviously if it's miscommunicated knowledge, it's not a mistake. It's the issue of the hearer who did not understand the answer given that conflicted with the hearer's assumption of the correct answer. It's miscommunicated. So it's either you didn't understand it or they didn't tell you right. Miscommunicated knowledge conveys the fact that a student is never wrong. 
if every wrong answer is simply miscommunicated knowledge, what you were saying is that the student is never wrong. And what you are therefore saying is that the student is always right. And so the student is to be given a grade based upon the fact that they have, I don't know what, some higher understanding of what is right than you do as a teacher? And we wonder why our math scores are lagging. We wonder why other ethnicities score better on math tests and pass entrance exams to Ivy League schools at a higher rate than whites or blacks. Because I guarantee you this kind of nonsense is not accommodated in the Asian community or in the uh, Middle Eastern communities. Deviating from the norm. Answers are right or wrong. That's the norm. Oh, no. Wrong answers are miscommunicated knowledge. See, this is enlightenment. Uh, no, this is lunacy masquerading as enlightenment. It's why you have to get involved in schools. It's why these issues matter. It's why you cannot tune them out. Because if you do, it's going to move from California here, if in fact it hasn't already. Bruce Hooley Show on The Answer. Glad to have you along. Appreciate those of you who attended the Save Our Schools rally last night in Hilliard, talking about schools today, about the Biden administration's war on charter schools, and about Mike DeWine joining 17 other Republican governors writing to the Biden administration, protesting that. That's prompted a call from Alice in Westerville. The number is 844-TALK-989. Alice, welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show. Hi, Bruce. Hello, Alice. Can you hear me? I can. You sound, sound just great. Cool. I'm doing it through my car, so I wasn't sure. You sound fantastic. Anyway, um, I truly appreciate you. I, I love the I love the fact that you keep it local, and I'm commenting on that um, the math in California, and I'm wondering if when the bridges start collapsing, if that's <laughs> going to be a miscommunication of knowledge, and who are the people who are harmed going to sue? Yeah, I don't know. You know what I thought of when I heard that mis- math is miscommunicated. The wrong answers in math are miscommunicated knowledge. One of the movies that we love to watch as a family is Hidden Figures uh, about the role that black women played in calculating the correct uh, re-entry angle of John Glenn's uh, spacecraft. And in the movie, it's depicted that you know John Glenn was all about the uh, information, the acumen, that the black women in that movie displayed in calculating those equations and how precise they had to be. And I'm thinking a wrong answer there was a lot more than miscommunicated knowledge. It was the end of the space program and the end of John Glenn's life. So there are a lot of things, as you point out, with bridges and the like that in engineering, uh, my dad always said as a finished carpenter, measure twice, cut once. So I'm, I'm wondering how often we can get away with quote-unquote miscommunicated knowledge and what the consequences of that might be. In math, there is a correct answer. Yeah. I don't care how you slice it. There is. But there's a correct answer. But this, see, this, you, uh, now, Alice, you sound incredibly intolerant, and you're not, you're, you're, uh, you know, you're not making room for for other people's truth, Alice. I know, <laughs> and nor will I. <laughs> are you? Are you by any chance? Are you by any chance a current or former educator? Um. Well, no, I am not. I, uh, no, 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 I'm an insurance agent. All right. And, but it is, um, you know, it's just like, we, 
I joke about my preferred pronouns are thee and thou. <laughs> I mean, like... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Alice, I hope I hope if you're writing somebody's policy, I hope if they tell you they want, uh, you know, $250,000 coverage on, on their home, you don't put down 50000 and then tell them later that, uh, you know, you were right. The mistake was just miscommunicated knowledge. I don't think that would uh, serve you very well in your business. So I'm glad that you're a stickler for details. Yeah, I for some reason, I think that that would, you know, that would it, that would be an exposure for me to be sued if I went, oh, oh, did I miscommunicate that? Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I, just, yeah. I I really appreciate your call, and I appreciate your compliment, and I appreciate the fact that to, I think, most people, accountability still matters. Uh, accuracy still matters. As I say, we she demonstrated it very well when she talked about bridges. You have to have a right answer in engineering. You have to have a right answer. You think You think Elon Musk... Is just ah, take a stab at it. There, we're sending up SpaceX. We got a couple billion at stake. Uh, Blue Origin. I mean, we might run into Jeff Bezos' rocket, but you know, if it won't be a won't be a mistake of engineering, it'll just be miscommunicated knowledge. Of course not. You cannot have an orderly society without precision and accuracy mattering and abiding mistakes as miscommunicated knowledge. Uh, allowing for the wrong to be right and the abnormal to be normal takes us to a place where, and I cite this quote all the time, a society society disintegrates when it ceases to recognize things that are obvious. Things that are obvious concerning sex, male and female, things that are obvious concerning Babies are babies from the moment they are conceived. Things that are obvious, you must have a secure border to have a country. Things that are obvious, you are better off producing your own energy supply than buying it from dictators around the world. We are deteriorating as a society because we cease to recognize and prioritize things that are obvious. And we have people in power who are attempting to normalize lies as truth. So we got to fix that. Hopefully we take a big step toward fixing it in the upcoming midterm elections. And hopefully that will then translate into us fixing it at the most transformative level of society, which is in our education system. I'm heartened by the fact that uh, Darvio Morrow is the CEO of the FCB Radio Network. Now, I've never heard of the FCB Radio Network, but uh, Darvio Morrow is uh, a black man. And so to see him writing about charter schools and Joe Biden's war on charter schools and writing flat-out bold truth is heartening to me. He writes in Newsweek, charter schools compete with public schools. Joe Biden is forcing charter schools to be subservient to public schools. He is denying them federal grant funding. and He is limiting public comment on his proposal to limit the effect of charter schools. This is shameful, he writes. It's another example of the administration choosing special interest groups 
over the needs of those they claim to support. Charter schools serve a large number of black, Hispanic, and low-income children. Charter schools are more likely to have black teachers and principals than traditional public schools. And the Biden administration, which claims to care about equity, wants to shut that down. Why are they doing this, he writes? It should be clear to anyone paying attention that there are people inside the Biden administration who don't give a about providing equal access to education. They expect low-income parents and children to wait until they can provide you with a system that provides their controlled utopia. If your child ends up with a poor education in the meantime, well, that was just a sacrifice for the greater good. He says, while it is true that all public schools aren't bad and all charter schools aren't good, it is also true that competition helps everyone. Yes, yes. Studies show that the presence of robust charter schools can also improve the performance of traditional public schools. That is how competition works. And in wrapping up, he says, what should be deeply concerning for those who are Biden voters is how little regard he appears to show for parts of his core constituency. He must think he can sneak this in without the affected parents knowing, or he must believe that he will pay no political cost for spitting in the faces of many of his own voters. Or, and I think he's right about this, do they just think that they can do what they want because they believe we're all too stupid to figure it out? Hopefully people do figure it out, and hopefully people hold him accountable. Hour number two, Bruce Woolley Show. Get ahead. Stick with us. 